It's so important to recognize that the only way that we as a church are going to make a difference in the world is if the world recognizes that we are different and then that different is good. Hey friends, and welcome here to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name's Brad Pierre. I'll be the host for today's show. I'm here with my good friend, Aaron Richards, and a fun friend for y'all this week, Sam Halligan. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Back again. Sam's with us for the second straight week. Uh, Dan, we haven't seen him in a little while, so we'll have to check in on him. But those who are tuning in that usually listen to us, I know that um, you'll know what I'm saying when I say that Dan keeps things... um, Interesting, usually. So we're excited to see uh, how Sam brings his unique perspective well, in. But it's once good. Once again, I just want to want to call it out. The, the high five game is on. I think that Dan may be the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. We're gonna have to uh, run that by uh, Gabe and David, uh, who are working check, behind the scenes the here. Yeah, to check the replay. But um, yeah, we're excited to have you, Sam. Oh, happy to be here. That's be awesome. awesome. It's awesome. So um, before we get into the show today, we're gonna go ahead and kick off with prayer. So Sam, if you want to lead us, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just thank you and we praise you for the gift um, and the zeal of mission that you have put in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for calling us to yourself. We thank you for this time to be able to spend with you, to consecrate to you. And we pray, Lord, that you would set this time aside for you and you alone. We pray for all those listening and those uh, who will hear this episode later. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And this is an exciting week for us here, right? So it's... uh, Maybe the most exciting. I know. For me, for sure. And I I, I never want to speak for everyone, but I do think there's a general sense that this is just like the start of the next season, you know? And so Mm -hmm. we're here uh, at Damascus for our Equip Conference. So Sam, living in Minnesota now, helps run the Northwoods Camp, which Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about last time. And uh, he's with us here in Ohio. And then mm-hmm. all of our execs and directors and missionaries are this is all like coming our, on our the homecoming site. week. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and Brad, you work as our as our missionary program director. Mm-hmm. One of the big responsibilities that you have is kind of shepherding two hundred and how many this year? Yeah, two hundred and forty. Actually, two hundred and forty yeah. missionaries who will serve with us in the summer through the process of of uh, discernment and application mm-hmm. and audition and acceptance. Um, and then ultimately getting them to the door. Yeah. So I know it's been a sprint for you <laughs> Thanks, this year. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> exciting too. I think um, anytime that you're in seasons of growth, <clears throat> you fail to realize really what the Lord's doing until you look at the numbers afterwards. Yeah. And even last year, I mean, we had 195 missionaries and that was amazing. Yeah. And to jump, you know, 45 missionaries, that's, that's insane. That's and, crazy. Percentage. And, and yeah, whenever you kind of like, I don't know, just look at that, you see, okay, like, the Lord is actually like calling more and more people into this way of life. And I think it's been powerful for me. And uh, it's all, it's always fun to see the actual faces and people behind the email addresses instead of just seeing them on a roster. But yeah, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the Equip Conference Mm -hmm. and talk a little bit about young adults in general. And uh, the audience who has joined us before, you know that this is the show where Encounter Meets Mission. For those of you who are joining us here for the first time, this is the show where Encounter Meets Mission. And I think (laughs) what I love about how the Lord has called us to operate as Damascus is that we operate in a unique space where we're bringing young people into encounter with Jesus. And we're doing that by bringing young adults onto mission. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like 
I, I've said this before, I think maybe even on this show, but as I travel around the country more and more as the years go by, I'll meet with different bishops and just have a good fortune of just hearing out their heart for their diocese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what the bishops will say in um, a lot of different ways, but they'll ultimately say that the two things that they think are pivotally important for their diocese mm-hmm. um, are encounter for their young people and mission and purpose for their young adults, that they, they find their young people in need of a real relationship with Jesus, and they find their young adults who have a real relationship with Jesus needing a place to, to give that relationship back, right? Yeah. Like, and to give it forward. So I guess, let's start there. I'd love to talk just a little bit about that, the fact that we, before we even heard that that was the need of a lot of dioceses, we felt like that's what God was calling us mm-hmm. to. Um, but yeah, I would love to just throw That's it to great. you guys. Just it's a, 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 a fascinating assessment, and um, even just looking at the history here at Damascus about how this program grew. You know, we started we started twenty two years ago with Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and mm-hmm. um, have always existed by the blood, sweat, and tears of the volunteers who have who have worked to make our program possible. Probably about fifteen years into our programming, we we. We acknowledged uh, a shift that we wanted to change the phraseology that we use, rather than calling our 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 volunteers volunteers, um, shifting to a um, adopting a a new call, right, mm-hmm. and a new identity as as missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a, a big shift for us. That that you know there have been a couple like um, major uh, keystone decisions that have been made over the course of our history that have that have really shifted the course of who we are. And I, I think that that one, like that that one decision was mm-hmm. was something that really shifted the direction of of what Damascus would become. I think so too. Yeah, and I know that's what kind of um, I don't know uh, excited me about coming to Damascus is this new missionary program that was being started. And yeah. Sam, I know you came shortly thereafter too. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think even just as we're sharing, it's like what uh, I think for me, it's like what inspired me to give mm. is this opportunity that I have something that other people need, right? Mm-hmm. There's something that's evoked mm-hmm. out of me when mm-hmm. I know that like, hey, I don't just have to sit on my butt and watch shows or mm-hmm. stream mm-hmm. Netflix all day. It's yeah. actually my life has meaning and purpose and I can give my life away. Mm-hmm. And as uh, even at the beginning of this episode, it was like uh, the word that I kept hearing was um, from John Paul II, where it's like man finds himself yes. in and through a sincere gift of himself, yeah, right? right. And that this is a very concrete way that young adults can find meaning and purpose and gift through their life. Yeah, and it matters because I I think when we look at the church today, um, a lot of times we can see conversion happen Mm -hmm. in the intellectual life, and that matters so much, right? Like, we want to come to know God, to understand more and more about who God is and what that means for us. But as we attain that knowledge and recognize those realities, if we don't give them away, then they just stay stagnant. Yeah. I think one thing we talk about a lot, and I know we talked about Holy Spirit in the last episode mm-hmm. with you, Sam, when we were going through your testimony, but the Holy Spirit resides in us as a river, not a lake, right? Yeah. That, that he wants to flow in and Such through us. Such a fun image, yeah. It yeah. is, because, um, yeah, there's there's something about giving it away. Yeah. There's something about giving it away. So, yeah, um, I think when I when I... When I see the young adults who say yes to coming here to Damascus, I, I really do see like a heart in them that I desire for the young adults in the yeah. church everywhere today. It, it's a heart that gives without counting the cost that mm-hmm. says, you know, I've never actually been to Ohio before a lot of times for many of the missionaries. <laughs> yep. um, I, I've never actually done youth ministry before, yep. but I, I know that the Lord is real and I know that young people need him. And I know that I need a community of like-minded and like-hearted individuals to help shape and form me. Yep. And, um, mm-hmm. That's been huge for me, but I guess speak to that a little bit when you see people show up, like, yeah, yeah, just the excitement and the heart that they bring and the value that has. No, for sure. And I think, uh, 
what's so amazing too is you see so many people that step on this campus that uh, when you ask them, I mean, we're we're getting to the point where more and more it's like people that are from out of the state or mm-hmm. out of the nation. Even we have tons of <laughs> international, uh, international missionaries. missionaries, and it's I think at the heart of it all, it's it's something that's so core to who we are as Damascus, and that's adventure, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, live the adventure of the Catholic faith, and so many of these young people, these young adults, are like, hey, this is an adventure. This is something that's outside my normal experience. Mm-hmm. This isn't. Um, I mean, there's a lot of value of serving your diocese and serving your home state, but to see yeah. something foreign and to be able to be like, actually like a real sense of being sent, mm-hmm. I think is such a, a provocative thing for someone uh, yeah. that wants to give something away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the other, the other piece that I'm often drawn to is, you know, in some way that the human heart is, is built to want to make a difference, like mm-hmm. to serve a need mm-hmm. that's critical. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that as... I don't know, all, all doom and gloom. As we look at like the state of the world, the state of the mm-hmm, church, mm-hmm. Um, clearly we're on a trajectory where where a, a saintly response of virtue is is critical. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people like people come alive when they realize I can make a decision that can make a difference. Yep. Yep. Like I can I can live a life that changes lives. I can live a life that changes the trajectory of the mm-hmm. future of the faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to do something that's hard too, right? Yeah. I think people want to do something that's hard. I mm. I remember uh, I was being reminded of this story that uh, you know I was a theology student in in uh, college, and we took these different classes on mission. I shared this with Brad and our our household my first year as a missionary that uh, there was this missionary group that put a newspaper article out in the early 20th century, basically saying, uh, "Hey, men needed yep. dangerous mm-hmm. adventure." Likelihood or likelihood of return, not yeah, not, 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 not likely. Yeah. And then they had floods of applications of all these yes. men who were willing yeah. to go to like the ends <laughs> of the earth on like a four sentence yeah. article in, in the newspaper. Yeah, and it, uh, I, I actually looked that up after we talked about it, and his name was Ernest Shackleton. Yeah, and he was just this adventurer, and he was like. Um, we got to get out there and explore. And mm-hmm. I, I do see that being a heart of the missionaries. We got to get out there and explore. And, and we focus our missionary program here at Damascus on deployment. So yep. we talk about that a lot on this show and definitely in our formation that our desire is for our missionaries to be deployed out to their spheres of influence and to really make an impact. Yep. But what I love telling the missionaries who come here is that the deployment that's coming at the end of the summer is not a deployment that's foreign to them. They're actually deployed from their states to Damascus, right? Like, mm-hmm. so the amazing formation mm-hmm. they've had in their families and in their campus ministries and whatever, mm-hmm. th- those places of formation have effectively deployed them to us where they will serve and at the same time be formed to be deployed back, right, mm-hmm. into yeah. their their place. And um, we've talked about this as well, but de- uh, like with our missionaries, and I definitely think because it's on my heart all the time, I've probably said it here, but deployment actually comes from the word meaning to unfold, Yeah, right? That our lives are unfolding, but the only way by which they unfold is if we, if we, yeah. if we go somewhere new. And, um, I love that about this week at the equip conference. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I mean, we've talked about the missionary program. Let's talk about equip. Yeah. So equip, I think, we, I think the best way to kind of explain it is that at Damascus, we awaken, empower, and equip, right? We awaken, empower, and equip youth. We awaken, empower, and equip young adults. Yeah. And so the equip conference is kind of a, as you can anticipate kind of the the third step in what we're doing because we really want to bring young adults into an experience mm-hmm. or an encounter with the person of Jesus. And we do that through Awaken Nights on campuses. So there's mm-hmm. an Awaken piece, you know. Um, empowerment. So actually our entire application and interview process mm-hmm. and the way that we pastor people through discernment of if they're going to serve here is to empower them to make a real decision in the yep. Lord. And then the Equip Conference comes. It's like, it's like you've thought about this it, a couple It's like times. we've had a, a good kind of <laughs> flow like that. But um, when it comes to the Equip Conference, I, I think in order to kind of set the stage, why don't we focus on that kind of threefold 
process of maturity in the Lord. So mm-hmm. when we look at young adults today, I think that in the same way that bishops see a need for an encounter for their young people, if those young people don't have that encounter, by the time they're young adults, yeah. they still need it. So right. maybe, um, maybe just us having a conversation here about the importance of an awakening event. Obviously, Damascus being named yeah. after St. Paul yeah. is probably a good, um, it's a good stepping stone. It's a good start, but, you know, yeah. meeting the Lord on the, on the road. Yeah. The, uh, w- one, of the, one of the big, inspiring, and motivating um, words for us, and you know, I, 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 lo- I look back on this reflection. It was, it was the National Study of Youth and Religion. The, it must have been the year 2002 or three, um, and the, the National Catholic Youth Conference was, was here in Columbus, and yeah. Uh, I remember receiving this this teaching that that indicated that um, the the biggest contributing factor to somebody who lives their faith is is no longer summarized by quality of family and upbringing mm-hmm. or uh, or the the quality of the religious education that you received, but it's it's truly marked as you know this this spark. Of adventure that takes you out of the ordinary mm-hmm. and actually invites you to give your life away into something into something unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I love I love the awakening component component of of our our, our ministry model because mm-hmm. it, it's founded on that. Yes, that regardless of where you're coming from, whether you've been in you know Saint Peter style relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. from from the day you were born, mm-hmm. uh, or whether you're truly you know. Uh, Saul of Tarsus on the need uh, at the point of need for conversion, like that the pivotal moment of breakthrough when you transform from a life of of maintenance to a life of mission mm-hmm. is going to be a it's going to be a moment of 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 encounter Amen. of dramatic encounter with the person of Jesus mm-hmm. of being awakened to a new life. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And I think that's something that I love so much seeing the missionaries come to mm-hmm. uh, to equip is because it, so many of them have had that initial awakening moment, right? Yeah. Looking mm-hmm. to my life, your life, yeah. our lives. We see that there is a moment or a series of moments mm-hmm. that fertilize the soil of our hearts to be able to yeah. receive the word more fully, right? Mm-hmm. And then we just capitalize on that. I yeah. think those first couple of days of, of equip are just so amazing because it really is. It's like, hey, we're not going to go deep into like our policies and procedures or yeah, into yeah. these different... Yeah. Uh, Things it's it's actually just giving them more awakening, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Awakening them to yeah. what is the summer for and what does God want to do in your heart? Yeah, well, because if you equip someone who hasn't been awakened yeah. yet, like there there's not the fruit there. <laughs> like it, it's just a uh, the reason that process matters, right? Is because when yeah. I when I meet the Lord, I recognize that what I'm being equipped to do yep. is to share Him, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I think that the, I mean the scriptures obviously speak this so well to us: "Awake, O sleep, arise to life." Right? Like like there there's some who have never woken up before they're still in their first sleep right and there's others who have woken up a couple times but have fallen back asleep yeah. and we can all look at our own lives and again the principle of even beyond damascus as a radio show as a podcast is to say that it's not a a one encounter forever and then I'm on mission yeah. right it's it's this constant entering back into encounter which leads to mission which leads to encounter mm-hmm. which leads to mission yeah. and so that awakening process isn't a one time reality yeah. but it certainly is a reality that if it hasn't started needs to start now if we're going to move people down the line. And so, yeah, awakening, it's a huge part of what we do, and it's to bring people into relationship with Jesus. And we see that through Scripture in so many ways. And then the next thing that we do, and I I, I think we can spend a decent amount of time here because it's something that's worth explaining, I think, is we 
We empower people before we equip them. And I, I think a lot of this centers around a lot of the identity formation that we do here at Damascus, mm-hmm. that once I'm awakened to Jesus, I realize who he is. Mm-hmm. But it's not until I recognize who I am in light of who he is yeah. that I can actually trust that I can do the things that he wants yep. me to do, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about empowering and why that's important for young adults. Yeah. I mean, the the once again, going back to the story of St. Paul, when he, when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he went like... His, his initial need after mm-hmm. presumably conversion, right? His initial need after conversion was prayer from the community mm-hmm. because he because he was mm-hmm. disabled, mm-hmm. right? Yep. His, he was blinded and and he he required uh, he required an, an injection of faith mm-hmm. from the Christian faithful mm-hmm. to, to kind of kickstart the mature Christian life. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know you see the same story in the in the Acts of the Apostles. I love it. I'm, I'm preaching on this tomorrow night at our our opening session mm-hmm. for Equip. But like you, you've got these apostles who who have experienced, I mean the the a life with Jesus like like we would mm-hmm. we would die for. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. when when you think about wouldn't it be great to live in the time of Jesus? What you're saying is wouldn't it be great to walk alongside Peter, yeah, James, and right, John? Yeah. Right. I mean to to live that life of 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 apostolic mission. Yet yeah. mm-hmm. the their their final encounter with Jesus was one where he's like, okay, you've experienced all this. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to return to the city, and I, I want you to wait because because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. comes upon mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And it's like, what? There's, yeah. you know, we're not prepared yet. <laughs> these are the these are the guys who who were ordained by Jesus Himself. Mm-hmm. The the sacraments were ordained, you know, hand in hand with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Peter. Peter himself has been given the keys to the kingdom. You can't think of uh, hardly any situation where a greater authority has been given to these men. Yet, mm-hmm. the Lord says, "You've got to wait yeah. until authentic power, mm-hmm. until until you're clothed with power." Yeah, yep. yep. Right, because that power does something to you. So to so to be em- empowered is is in its truest sense. It's to be it's to be filled with with the third person of the mm-hmm. Trinity. Right. Yeah. Right. It's to be filled right. with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and actually be a to to be um, equipped for for mission. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To be a That's right. to be to be given the authority to to speak in such a way that you can transform hearts. Yeah, yep. It's that first step. It's that first step of the equipping process, right? After I encounter Jesus, I'm awakened to him, I'm empowered so then I can be fully equipped in the yeah. practicals and the you, reality. You're speaking about identity too. It's it's funny. So our our two-year formation program here, you know, our equip conference is kind of like a a microcosm of of what two years of formation is for our full-time program here at Damascus in our in our missionary leadership institute. And um, over the course of eight quarters, I think we've talked about this on the show, but it bears repeating. Like mm-hmm. we, we start with identity. We spend we spend seven eight weeks on on identity, right. and then um, and then an intro into uh, into healing and and prophecy and leadership mm-hmm. and uh, and um, what am I saying? Deployment ministry yeah. um, and theological you know rooting and foundation and, and ultimately like intimacy with the Lord mm-hmm. that that, mm-hmm. that launches us into mission. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been about, we've been at this. Is this our sixth year? Uh, in yeah, the, in yeah, the formation yeah. We just program. finished the sixth year, so we're going into year seven. And uh, you know, kicking off with a with a solid like a quarter focused on identity. It's like, well, how, how much can you talk about identity before yeah. it gets old? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we find is that that quarter itself is like mm-hmm. it's it's one of the most transformative messages that we that we experience yeah, in, so powerful. in our Christian walk. Yeah. Yeah. To to, to understand that um, that like I am by nature good. I'm I'm created yeah. in the image and likeness of God. And there's a tremendous amount of implication that comes yes. from that. And it can't be exhausted. It I, can't be exhausted. Like it's 
I can discover that every day. Yeah, and I, and I can't find my identity in my brokenness, and I can't find my identity in sin, and I, I, need, to, I need to root myself in the understanding mm-hmm. that like, I'm created for a divine purpose yeah. that, that the Lord himself um, wants to see me accomplish. It's, it's, a, it's a work of co-creation, mm-hmm. right? That I'm, I'm born and I'm, I'm baptized, priest, prophet, king, yeah. and I'm going to change the world. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, w- our first quarter here, it's, it's a process of, I think, systematically... Um, undoing mm-hmm. the damage of a, a of a hostile and poisonous culture mm-hmm. that that would that would lead young adults um, to to believe lies about ourselves yeah. that puts us in a position of powerlessness. Well, the opposite. Yep, exactly. The opposite of power, powerlessness, and uh, all the all the ramifications that come with that. You know, mm-hmm. Sam, when you look at just the empowerment that takes place in the missionaries when they come, like what. What's your vantage point on it? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I love it. I think everything that Aaron's sharing, too, it's just, uh, I think if I had to hone it into one thing, it's mm-hmm. it's that you are helping to create a Christian, right? That it's actually, <laughs> uh, I think one of, my, one of my favorite sayings I've heard is that many of us have been homeschooled in the wrong home for 20-something years Gosh, of our life, right? That convicting. the world is a is really, you know, schooling us. It's mm-hmm. teaching us. It's enculturating mm-hmm. us into the ways of the world. It's enculturating us into the ways that the world thinks, yeah. the way that the world thinks we should act, the way the world thinks we should talk, the way the world thinks we should live our lives. But that is completely mm-hmm. contrary to the way that a Christian is supposed to live, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus says time and time again, if you follow me, you're going to be hated by the world by for my name's sake, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think about Really, that empowering. I mean, I gosh, I love the, the Equip Conference because of so many different reasons. Like looking at what we do um, and try mm-hmm. to kind of form missionaries, and is really the lifestyle of a Christian. It's everything mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. an interior life, right? Mm-hmm. So many people, I myself included, you have that initial conversion with Jesus, yep. that awakening moment, and then you're just a fireball, right? You can be like real yes. excited about Jesus, but it's like, yeah. wait, have you prayed? Like, mm-hmm. do you do mm-hmm. you know him? Have you heard his voice? Are yeah. you living a lifestyle of prayer? Yep. And and to be able to form people in that of like every day we have these prayer sessions where we learn how do we hear mm-hmm. Jesus's voice in prayer? Mm-hmm. How do we spend time in Lexio Divina? What's the rosary like? The the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Having these times where we're empowering people through uh, mm-hmm. through our policies and procedures, having them in ministry trainings, whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's mm-hmm. it's really that week and just. I think our missionary program in general, it, it's really trying to re, uh, like re, uh, represent Jesus to the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's shifting our perspective a little bit. And I think, like, and you guys are hearing this, right? So we're talking about the Equip Conference today. We're kind of building up to just really the reason that equipping is needed, which is the reason the Equip Conference got its name. And as you can see, in every step of the process, when mm-hmm. I'm awakened. When I'm truly awakened, I'm also empowered and equipped. When I'm truly empowered, I'm equipped and reawakened. Yep. And when I'm equipped, I'm reawakened and re-empowered. It's, it's not like a one-step yeah. systematic process, but one that we're constantly in the circle of finding ourselves, right? Yeah. And so why, why awaken? Because we need to know who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And why do we need to know who Jesus is? Because we need to know who the Trinity is. And why do we need to know who the Trinity is? Because we were made to share in that blessed life. And because we then realize that, we need to know who we are, because then we're empowered to actually live as such, right? Like yeah. to live that way in the world, to be filled with the Holy Spirit that I could live who Jesus says that I am. And then from that place, right, then we have the practical equipping. But before we jump there, I think um, one thing that was on my heart while we were talking is just the empowerment process for young adults has to has to actually, to Sam's point, speak against where they have sometimes historically found power in the world. 
that I think the power that Jesus brings to us is a power that at times can be looked at as weakness in the eyes of the world. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we come into our identity, when we're empowered in our identity, one of the first steps of that is repentance. Mm -hmm. And man in the world, that does not feel powerful, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel powerful. That feels like I'm abdicating power. I'm abdicating my title, my position, because when I repent, I'm admitting that I'm not enough, you know? But actually, in, in the Christian walk, empowerment looks different than that. That it's actually in me wrecking, it's in my weakness that he's made strong, yeah. right? And it's in his strength that I can actually walk through my weakness. So I just, I, I think we could spend some, some time on that too. But um, I guess in my heart there, I, I wonder what you guys think about that. But the empowerment process for the Christian person in, in the school of Christianity, the school yeah. of the church, is different than the empowerment process in the school of the world. Yeah. And, and I think there's, there's a, the world kind of um, hits on some of the deep truths that are buried in the human heart every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think one of those, like one of those fears that people have when they enter into a um, into an expression of faith, is man, I want to stay as far as I can from organized religion or from mm-hmm. you know this 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 construct because uh, because I know. I know the unique and diverse gifts that I'm called to bring to the world, and mm-hmm. and I want to shine, and I want to be me, and I want to, I, I want to, you know, uh, I don't know, be that be that unique contribution to society. And mm-hmm. um, the the reality is like the perfect expression of the of the church, the perfect expression of faith is actually coming from a place of of realizing like we are, you know, First Corinthians chapter twelve, mm-hmm. we are we are one body in Christ, and mm-hmm. and like. You, you need to be empowered into realizing that God created you uniquely mm-hmm. in his image and likeness because you have a unique aspect of, of Christ to give to the world, mm-hmm. right? And, and the, church, the church is lacking something if you're not here. Um, it's, time, it's time for you, not just, not just from a place of self-fulfillment, right? But, but realizing that I'm gonna be, I don't know, mission's gonna be most effective, the church is gonna be most effective, the world's gonna be transformed when I'm a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I uh, yes. The let it, for all of you listening today, the church needs you, and it needs the authentic you that's empowered through everything we're talking about here. Like, um, without you, there's a critical part mi- missing, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and sometimes that part that is needed in the church isn't always seen as needed in the world, but it is certainly. So, um, I think where, what I want to bring this is kind of to a. Uh, a conversation now on the just the practicals of the Equip Conference. So why have we laid a foundation? If you're just joining us, listening, or if you've been um, and like why does it matter? To following, you? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the uh, the kind of trajectory we've been on is to talk about the fact that here at Damascus we are both a youth apostolate and yeah. uh, young adult missionary formator, and and in that call to be a young adult missionary formator. The Lord just revealed to us over time the importance of these steps to our conversion process, that we're awakened to the reality of God, that we're empowered through that reality, and then we're equipped for that reality. And the Equip Conference actually started five years ago, interestingly enough, in 2018. So we were doing a training. So Aaron spoke earlier uh, about how we went from volunteers to missionaries. And uh, and then two years after doing that, we're like, okay, well, this, this training is a lot more than a training. Like we're doing something different than just training people practically. And then five years ago in 2018, we decided to call what was then a training, the Equip Conference. And from there, there's been so much fleshed out into what we now see as the Equip Conference for all of the young adult missionaries who serve with us. And um, 
I was looking at the schedule, um, preparing for our recording here today. And I, I think that we've talked about it a little bit that we really do. We start with a retreat over the weekend that awakens and empowers and reorients people to the experiences they've had before and reawakens them to the possibilities, um, that are available to them. And then from there, we really hands-on equip them. I think, why don't we talk about the equip conference and our favorite parts of it? And, uh, and for anyone listening today, if you have a young adult in your life, who's looking to, um, be equipped in the ways of God, a summer of service with Damascus is a way to do that. And so let this kind of just speak over you and even allow you, if you're a person in ministry to speak to some of the things you can do in your own ministry trainings. But yeah, the equip conference, what is it that you guys love about it? Um, what have you (laughs) seen in it over the last five years? We've all been a part of it. So, uh, for me, I think the the narrative that we that we so often hear is that is that nobody is stepping forward to answer the call that needs to be answered for the church to grow, for mm-hmm. the church to 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 live and to flourish, right? You know, the um, the language of a church in crisis, I think, has has struck our spirit to the point where sometimes we forget about what it's like to gather into a room of people who are sold out. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I might even I might even suggest that in the context of our typical experience of our of our parish life and of the expression of our faith that like there may be people who are listening to the show today who who you 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 can't you can't put your finger on the last time that maybe you ex- experienced something like that mm-hmm. I, I know when I was a kid like it was uh, I, I love going to the Easter Vigil because my parish was was a great vibrant parish but it was. It was mm-hmm. my parish, right? Yeah, yeah. And and there was something special that happened at the Easter Vigil that I could I could just experience like a a, a palpable joy mm-hmm. in the heart of our pastor mm-hmm. as as we experienced that that liturgy together. And mm-hmm. um, that that's my favorite part of of our conference is that is that you got two hundred and forty people coming through the door over the next twenty four hours who are who have uh, they've they've dedicated their summer. Mm-hmm. They've dedicated their their financial, you know, stability yeah. for this time. Yeah. Um, they've they've for they've given up um mm-hmm. the the opportunity to go do something else with their time, to yeah. go on family vacations, to hang out and spend time with the boyfriend or the girlfriend mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because they've determined like this I, I want to make a sacrificial gift mm-hmm. of 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 my freedom yeah. this year. And man, there there's just like something electric when when you meet a person like that, yeah, and when that's multiplied by two hundred and forty people in the yep. same space, mm-hmm. it's like you you just you can't you can't enter this campus without mm-hmm. an experience of like wow something something profound yeah and culture shifting yes. is happening in this room yep and it's not that often that we get together right with like people that are after the same thing like I was yeah. trying to think about that it's like most of the the gatherings that we're in they they have like good things about them but I I don't know how often we're together with an entire group of people that are after the exact same thing yep. and fully committed to it together. And yeah. that's, that's, that's so powerful. <laughs> and yeah, I think in it's in a special sense too, it is really, it, it is kind of like a family, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, this is one of the more unique things that almost everything we do as an apostolate is external, right? It's almost mm-hmm. outward facing. Whereas this is more of kind of like our internal uh, training for our missionaries. And I think that mm-hmm. that sense mm-hmm. of like, uh, being able to to really like hone in individually. Mm-hmm. I mean, all throughout. One of my favorite things is just, I think, to Aaron's point is, is just seeing the ex- the rapid acceleration of someone mm-hmm. who comes yes. in on Friday who's never stepped foot yeah. on campus before, and mm-hmm. seeing that person five days later when we're about to s- step mm-hmm. into the summer. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's this. <laughs> it, it is the truth that God can never be outdone in generosity. Yeah. That when someone lays yeah. their life on the altar, the fire of the Holy Spirit will fall on it. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's, it is this, this, uh, this beautiful scene of seeing someone who literally has never lived in our culture before, but then a week later is like, mm-hmm. wow, you, you, you carry are the, the definition of a missionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's awesome. Like what, what are the changes that we see? Uh-huh. Like what, what does that change look like for those listening? So I'm preparing my message for tomorrow night and, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited if you, if you can't pick that up already, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to be able to preach to the, to the crew. And, um, you know, one of the, I'm going to spend like the first half of the session, just, just describing what it's like to live a life fully surrendered. And then, and then sort of at the conclusion, acknowledge, mm-hmm. like we get fired up about this, but, but there's, there's a large portion of the room who's probably hearing this and thinking like, that sounds really exciting, but I'm not quite there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think the the transformation that I would acknowledge is is realizing like that when we're called to mission, you know, we've we've seen that 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 hallmark, you know, pillow embroidery that God doesn't um, call the equipped; He equips the calls, mm-hmm. or He qualifies the qualifies the called. Um, mm-hmm. That when the Lord calls us, like He's not surprised by our weakness; He's not surprised mm-hmm. by the by the baggage that we carry here, mm-hmm. or the or the you know lack of maturity that we've expressed yeah. in our life. And you just, you see over the course of the week, like those things yeah. getting, getting pulled off. Um, we see all kinds of supernatural transformation. One, yeah. of the, one of the coolest testimonies that I had over the past couple of years was there was a guy who came with like a habit of smoking, right? Mm-hmm. And over the course of the summer, he, was, he, he came, I, it wasn't to me, but it was to one of our crew at mm-hmm. one point. It was like, I, I realized that the habit that I have of smoking is incompatible with the missionary lifestyle that I'm being called to live. So like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a sacrifice that comes from it. It's like, yeah, I'm changing. It's, it's, a, real, it's a real process of yeah. change. No, I mean, I think to, to what Aaron's saying too, it's like, it's, it's holiness. Like you yeah. see real tangible holiness happening. Yeah. And I think uh, for me, one of my favorite memories, it was probably two years ago, was looking back at just like real substantial conversion happening during, mm-hmm. during the conference where I saw, you know, we had a time where, the Holy Spirit was just moving so um, powerfully in, mm-hmm. in this time of of our evening session, where we we kind of just stopped the plan and invited some of our missionaries up to come testify to what had God mm-hmm. been doing in the week. Mm-hmm. And you began to see what does holiness and conversion do? It doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. just like lock God into an hour mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We begin to see the Christian sees God and in all things, right? Yeah. And so we're hearing testimonies of of people who are pulling seaweed out of the lake. And, and it's this, this normal activity has been transformed into a supernatural experience with the Holy Spirit where they are now having their hearts broken for all the souls of the campers that will be here this summer, where each piece of seaweed is like something, like a, whole, a soul they're harvesting for, for Jesus, right? Yeah. It's like seeing that transformation is so powerful. It is so powerful. Well, in conversion, I love the word conversion. Like look at it in like all of its context. Like it's something that enters a process one way and comes out a different way, right? That's probably one of the simplest ways to explain conversion. And and people just look different. Yep. Like, have you ever met someone that, like, looks di- different? Like, I, yeah. I know that there's just, it's hard to even fully explain what that process is, but you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. That, like, when, when someone looks one way and then looks different later, like, it's kind of like if you would show up to your 10-year reunion and someone just comes back and there's just a different... Yeah. thing about them. They carry themselves with more confidence. They're not as um, self-conscious as they once were. They're not They're not yeah. having to default to the jokes that they used to have to default to. There's something about that being different that I see in the missionaries yeah. so often at the Equip Conference. And I think that 
it's so important to recognize that the only way that we as a church are going to make a difference in the world is if the yeah. world recognizes that we are different and then that different is good. Mm-hmm. You know, that like, it, it doesn't mean that right away when the world sees someone operating in like holiness, that they're going to be like, yeah, let's do it. But like just a differentness, a difference that's like so noticeable but when you look further into it, kind of like with Daniel, you can f- find no fault in it. Yeah. yeah, It's like, wait, that's different. Let me push in on that. Let me explore that. Let me look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that difference is actually really refreshing. Yeah. That difference is really life-changing. That difference is really mm-hmm. needed. That difference is really something I'm looking for, right? Like it's that, it's that question Jesus asks in John 1 that I always lead off this conference preaching from is like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Like, yeah. Be- because like, when I live differently, that question is naturally invoked in the other person. That's why Jesus imparts holiness is to ask that same question that he asked the first disciples in his public ministry. Like, wow, that's different. And then it has that person ask interiorly, what am I looking for? Yeah. Like, what, what is it that I'm finding here? And when we can take young adults, bring them into a process that that makes them different and send them back to their spheres of influence different. Yeah. There's something about that that really matters. Yeah, I keep going back to the the comment that you made at the beginning of the show that like that bishops have have asked we we need in, we need moments of encounter for our our youth mm-hmm. and and missional opportunities mm-hmm. equipping for our for our yeah. young adults. Yeah. And uh it, it's it's almost like in in middle school and high school like you're you're getting the the groundwork is being laid, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the formation is happening in such a way that you're you're being equipped with the tools that 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 you need to activate later in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I love um, one of the one of the things that's really unique that I see happening frequently at our equip conferences. You're you're not coming to Damascus to be indoctrinated with some theology brand of theology, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you, you're you're coming here so that so that the the gift of you can be mm-hmm. set on fire mm-hmm. so that you can change the world. Right. Right. I, I love, um, I think that's, that's one of, one of, one of the things that, that most excites me is I'm, I'm thinking of a handful of different mm-hmm. students that I've talked to over the course of years who, who studied theology deeply and, mm-hmm. um, don't, don't buy into the whole like charismatic expression of the faith. And, yeah. and yeah. they come to me and they're like, but this and this and this, and as you can, you can see like, the the tools that have been that have been given the seeds that have been planted are all of a sudden being activated mm-hmm. in such a way that it's like this is great from this from this tiny little mess of of um, confusion right now mm-hmm. is going to rise an incredible young woman or young man of God of of, of maturity yeah uh, and I think that's what happens when when we yeah. allow ourselves you know those seeds of faith mm-hmm. those seeds of of family those seeds of education that have been planted like friends if 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 you felt like there's a there's a lack of opportunity to express the mm-hmm. the the power the potential that you think God's planted in you, man, you need to get yourself into a place of mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because then you right? can wrestle. You can become a real Israelite, the ones who wrestle with God. You know, yeah. and like if I'm not wrestling with God in the truths of God and the power of God, then then what am I wrestling with? To yeah. your point, like whatever whatever um, I don't know questions or concerns we have. Let's bring ourselves to a people devoted to God to wrestle those Amen. out Amen. and to see like, how can we make one another better? Like, I don't know everything and Aaron doesn't know everything and Sam doesn't, but together um, we can wrestle those things 
out. And I think that, uh, that that's, that's where equipping comes in, right? Cause when we're, when we're wrestling with the Lord, we, we recognize that like, okay, Lord, now that you're revealing this yeah. to me, I want to do this, but how do I do this? So um, we haven't spoken directly to equipping just yet, but I think it would be appropriate now. And really, <laughs> it's more than just practicals, right? I think that's yeah. that's what I want to speak to because someone like me who's a, a dreamer by nature, as soon as you say practicals, I'm like, okay, that sounds great as long as it still has the heart we were talking about at the <laughs> beginning in it. And uh, uh, if it's like some dry, boring practicals, I'd rather just be a kid yeah. forever, you know? But like if it's practicals that are actually letting me implement this powerful thing we're talking about, then I'm in. And I think that is kind of the essence of equipping. But let's let's talk a little bit about that. So again, the awakening and empowering part, we're bringing people into relationship with God, into relationship with their true selves so they can live out what God desires for them. Yeah. But then when they go out, we can't just go out with a heart of fire because that doesn't only purge things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't only form metal and steel. It also can burn things. And so equipping and directing, like what are some of the, the ways that we equip and direct over the course of the week? And what are yeah. you guys' favorite parts about that? Sam, you got any? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I was just speaking to someone on the phone yesterday actually about, um, our missionary training. And I think the thing that, uh, just to kind of brag on what God has done through Damascus, I think that we carry such a heart of understanding the gravity of working with young people, right? It's not something we take lightly that parents choose to send their kid for a week to our care, yeah. to have a definitely have a high adventure experience, but also know like, hey, we have a college student that we have trained for a few weeks <laughs> and we believe deeply in that we are now going to have wow. your child yeah. spend an entire week with, yeah. right? I think just the intentionality, like we we uh, milk like every minute hmm. of those that that week of training, and, yeah. and it's so intentional. I think everything from our pastoral care of being able to, you know, teach what are practices of how you engage young people in a way that is mm-hmm. um, appropriate uh, for their age, but also like in ways that mm-hmm. uh, that really bring about um, love and care, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, in such a powerful way. So yeah. I think that that's one of the big things for me. Yeah. The pastoring aspect. Yep. How about you, man? Um, I, I mentioned it earlier. Sometimes one of the, in order to move forward, we've got to move back and undo the damage that's been done. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of, one of my favorite sessions of our equip conference is actually looking at like the history of the charismatic renewal and seeing that, um, we, we need to, we need to oftentimes question the assumptions that we've walked into judgment with mm-hmm. so that we can allow ourselves to be formed from, I don't know, as as as, as close to a an unbiased or a fresh, fresh clean slate as we as we can as we can muster up. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we tackle a lot of really practical, you know, practical ministry skill here mm-hmm. from uh, how is it that I can effectively pray for someone? Like mm-hmm. I've been praying for people my entire human existence. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if if I want to pray in such a way, like in faith, in the way that I see the apostles praying in the book of Acts and in the gospels, mm-hmm. in a way that actually uh, is efficacious and transformative, mm-hmm. um, maybe I should learn like they learned. Mm-hmm. To 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 walk behind to walk beside someone someone who's who's doing this in a way that's transformative, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, far be it for me to suggest that that we've got this figured out where others mm-hmm. don't. No, mm-hmm. we've we've just pulled on um, the resources mm-hmm. of the church yep. in yep. a way that it's like, okay, Lord, you know, we we've said it on the show before, but like, how long will I sit here and lament the fact? that the promises that you've made to your church aren't being fulfilled before I ask why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And before I realized that like you, you are a God of faithfulness, you are a God who keeps your promises. So, so maybe there's something in me mm-hmm. that needs to be shifted mm-hmm. so we can step into alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Because yeah, I think that like, when you were saying that, Aaron, I, I think one of the things we equip people with is permission, right? Like Amen. permission to actually operate in the way that God made you to operate. Now, of course, within the, the bounds of what the Lord's revealed to us yep. in tradition and in scripture and obviously, but but a, a permission to be free in that, that like if if Aaron, Brad, and Sam are bringing the exact same thing to the church, it would be very easy for one of them to reason why only one of them is needed, right? <laughs> but that's not the case at all. It's not the case at all. And I, I think what I love the most about the Equip Conference is the fact that I think we, we equip people in all of the modes of ministry. Yep. Yeah. And in that, I think that's really powerful that like in the wisdom of the church through all ages, starting with Jesus, there was a recognition that small group and and like one-on-one and even smaller group ministry was necessary, right? And I think in the Catholic Church, we do well to speak about the little way, like the little way that invests in the one, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that takes the small group. And I want to keep preaching that forever. It really, really matters. And additionally, we see the importance in Jesus of the mutual accountability amongst peers. Well, in the church, we see synods, right? Like all the time. When the leaders of the church get together to hold each other accountable to the ways of God and what they've yeah. said yes to, right? Well, then when we look at Jesus, we see crowds of 5,000 that he teaches. Yeah. Well, what do we see in the church today? We see entire church gatherings. We see amazing opportunities on the solemnities to gather together with the entire church and celebrate something profound. Like the Lord works in all of those ways. He works in that, that small ministry, the one-on-one pastoring. Yeah. He works in that group of three that's that's more intimate in its sharing and able to go a little bit farther. Yeah. And then a small group of like the 12 and then uh, the 72, right? The the synods in the church yeah. today. Um, Jesus works in the the Sermon on the Mount and the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. And, and then today, right? Like that's why the church, all of the different gifts in the church are so needed. Yeah. And that's what brought Therese of Lisieux into being a, a doctor of the church. That she said, there's this little way that we can't miss. And I think that's so profoundly important. I think one of the things we've been carrying is, yeah, and there's this big way that we can't miss, Yeah. right? There's this, there's this big way that we can't miss, that like we have to get together. There's a power in the universal church. When Amen. you say that there's a billion Catholics, that really matters. Like let's get those people practicing. That's a lot of people. Let's mobilize them. Let's get them equipped and yeah. sent forth. So I think that equipping in all of its facets, needs to bring people together so they begin to see themselves in the light of where their gifts best serve. Like, are my gifts best served in the one-on-one over coffee? And and keep doing that forever. Are my gifts best served in the small group of 12? Mm -hmm. In the the leadership accountability group of 72? Yeah. In the large group of 5,000? Like, the Lord has given gifts that allow all of us to partake in those those different realms. Yeah. And anyway, I, I think there's something about the way we piece together. I was even looking through the schedule, like I said earlier today, and I was looking, we have large group ministry and how to effectively lead large group ministry, uh, pastoral theology, how to answer the one-on-one questions that can get into yeah. difficult things, the, uh, the, the principle of accountability and responsibility and discipline and why it's important for us to have people yeah. that hold each Hold each other to the standard. If you've never seen one of Brad's schedules, it's a it's a work, a work of <laughs> a art. Work, a work of <laughs> a work of art. But um, yeah, I, I maybe I, I spoke a lot there, but just would love to hear what do you guys think about that. I think the the multi dimensional ministry training that we do allows people to find their gifts in the the different ways the church has always served. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, 
Well, you're sharing, Brad. When I reflect on my first kind of experience of our training and like mm-hmm. this equipped style of ministry, it's something for me that having that week of real just like, I mean, it was like a, a bomb went off my mm-hmm. life, right? Like I received all this information and then I get the course of, you know, eight, nine weeks to be able mm-hmm. to live it out, to be in practice. And then, I mean, to have an opportunity where for me it was an ownership, like a direct ownership of like, great, yeah. I've received all this formation. And it's not just to receive it in one year and go out the other. It's, hey, now you've received this, now go live it. It's it's a totally different thing to receive something and hear it and then to receive something and hmm. be able to teach it, hmm. right? Yeah. To, to yeah. receive information like you're a teacher. And I think uh, that is one of the most exciting things I've seen lived out in my life is being able to receive that information and see the direct impact of what we always hope for, mm-hmm. of the deployment of going yeah. back to a campus, going yeah. back to yeah. uh, a, a workplace and being able to live that out, mm-hmm. being able to make the impact of carrying a culture like what we yeah. yep. live here at Damascus and and bring it into the yeah. unique mission context mm-hmm. that people are called to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got a, I got a thought to share, and, and maybe maybe this will even help us as we as we kind of orient toward closing the show today. You know. Um, one of one of the reflections that I I offered from the heart, and I think that we've I think that we've consistently communicated it over mm-hmm. the past years as as we've reminded ourselves of this. It was after one of our first major equip at the conclusion of one of our first major equip conferences. You know, um, Brad, you, Sam, you, uh, myself, Dan, uh, our, our our whole leadership team. You know, it's it's like we've we've been we have been doggedly pursuing the the outpouring that the Lord wants to wants to offer to us mm-hmm. uh, in in the church, you know whether whether that's through understanding what it means to 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 be able to speak a word in prophecy, to be able to pray for healing in a way that's that's efficacious, right? You know this stuff didn't happen by accident, mm-hmm. um, and it and it, it it's, we weren't we weren't born into this. Um, yeah, uh, each of us had to you know had, knowing each of your stories had to had to fight to to unlearn stuff to break mm-hmm. through barriers and judgments and to come to a place of realizing that faith is an action word mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and what what's what's amazing for me to see is that you know when i when i look at when i look at my life what what took me what what took me truly 5 years of just reckless pursuit uh for the lord to unlock mm-hmm. he unlocks in these kids in 5 days yeah and and certainly there's a there's a place of maturity that we've got to continue to grow into and mm-hmm. continue to go back and continue to say yes, but mm-hmm. it's it is unbelievable it to is. to and humbling to it be is. like, man, I fought so hard for this thing and right. and right. here it is, yeah, for free, yeah, and bless the Lord and bless the Lord for the <clears throat> opportunity to give because that's his mo. <laughs> it is, it's what he does, it's what he does, and so I think. Um, before we close here in prayer, if uh, if you're joining us today, just an invitation for you to pray for us here over the next few weeks as we uh, enter into the Equip Conference and, and know that um, as we equip these missionaries, our greatest desire isn't for them to merely serve here at the summer camp this year, but to serve the world that we all live in mm-hmm. and to continue to... Um, pour out their lives and to continue to give their yes. yes. So, um, so if you're... Uh, if you're so willing, join us in prayer this week for all of our missionaries. And um, and again, the understanding that in all of our lives, we're called to be awakened to the Lord constantly and to his goodness and what he yeah. has for us, to yeah. be empowered in who he says we are and to receive him so that we can be that power in the world and then be to be equipped very tangibly to bring that yeah. Um, to bear. And so I think uh, what, what I'd like to do is to enter into time of prayer where um, yeah. all three of us... Uh, 
pray for you, the listeners, um, and just that you would be awakened, empowered, and equipped in this season yeah. to do new things, to do yeah. new things, and to <clears throat> to blaze new trails. And uh, why don't we go ahead and yeah. pray? In the, name the, name the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit, amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you, and we're so blessed to be in relationship with you. Sam, Sam shared just a minute ago that it was like, it was like a bomb went off when 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 he came to this conference for the first time, and Jesus, I pray that that this week here in Centerburg that we experience a Holy Spirit explosion that 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 comes and will transform lives. But Jesus, that 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 explosion has repercussion, mm-hmm. and I pray that those echoes would would travel from this place, Jesus, and and the hunger that's that's been elicited maybe through the course of this conversation today would be satisfied. Holy Spirit, when you come and you fall upon your faithful who offer themselves as a willing sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So come, Holy Spirit. We pray for a tremendous outpouring both here on our campus and in the lives and the hearts of every person here. Jesus, as you've awakened a hunger in, in hearts, um, uh, a conviction of a place of, of dissatisfaction with the state of where we're at, uh, I pray, Jesus, that you would, um, that you would uh, console by giving opportunity for, for further engagement, for further development, whether that's through missionary service here at Damascus in the future, or whether that's through seeking out um, a conference or parish or, or uh, the scripture or, or some way where you know that you need to be equipped and filled. Jesus, I pray that you'd make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for that. And uh, I, as Aaron was praying, I just really, um, I just want to pray specifically for uh, just the connectedness of the liturgy in the body of Christ. Yeah. That every moment, uh, every day that we are celebrating the gift of the Eucharist and we're praying the liturgy of the hours, that the connectedness of the church would experience um, the same things that were experienced in the power of the liturgy here. That it would be uh, this connectedness of of the body of Christ uh, from the state of Ohio, all the California to Iowa to Asia, that you would reinvigorate the body of Christ, Lord. We pray for um, that same prayer that that John the 23rd prayed for, Lord, a new Pentecost throughout the whole church. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, bless all the hearts that have been convicted by this message today. Bless our hearts at this table that we would believe in all the words spoken today more deeply. And God, take us deeper into your love and into your goodness so that we can see exactly who we were made to be and what we were made for in such a time as this. Amen. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, thank you. This is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And how do you go from encounter to mission? By being awakened, empowered, and equipped. By liking we hope, and hope, subscribing. We hope that you like that. That was uh, a <laughs> he uh, beat me to the punch. But uh, we hope that you would like and subscribe to this YouTube channel, to all the uh, different podcast streaming platforms where you find us because that'll allow us to get this content to more people. If you know someone who would like to hear things like what are being shared here, feel free to share this video or any of our other videos, share our podcast, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.